So, um, we don't really have an introduction thing yet for this. Welcome to the intermission, fart sound. Like, I don't, I don't really have anything. On the, uh, on the, in the intermission today is, uh, myself, as I'm assuming will be always, Teague Christie, and Brian's here. Hi. Seth Brower. Hello. The, uh, the forgotten voice from, like, the last 40 episodes of Down in Front. Uh, Julian Higgins. Hello. From The Wayside, creator of such short films and long films as... Fallout Nuka Break. Fallout Nuka Break. Director. You gotta lean in, man. You gotta, you gotta give it four, yep. four inches. Sorry about that. I was Did you direct Fallout Nuka Break? Scared of the phallic thing in front of me. Yeah, uh, I co-directed the first one. Holy crap! Mm-hmm. You're you're famous on the internet. That's well, been a big deal. Well, thank you. And then Trey Amazing Stokes. Well, I'm, I'm not famous for a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, not famous uh, for any web we videos. We decided, considering we have uh, we have a Trey, we have a Julian, and uh, Brian and I and, and Seth can can fill in gaps, I guess, when they're telling long stories about how they made features and stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about just the process. Uh, <laughs> oh uh, what we've uh, done okay. with our time. Yeah, I know. So, what, so where was I? Oh, yes. playing songs on my guitar. Considering you're still children, you've still got a few a little, few years to do something. Talk about the uh, like the day-to-day life of doing production stuff and making movies and, and, and the hassles of it. I, I mean, I guess some pl- a place to start, and anyone can take off on this, and we'll just do tangents for 30 minutes, and that's how this is going to work. But... All, all the things that you expect to experience on a film set, sure. What whatever happened in terms of getting a movie made, either it's something that happened on set or before, or dealing with people that you just never saw that coming. You're just like, uh, okay, well, I guess this is a part of the process that I just didn't know about, and I'll deal with this. Like, do you have anything like that? Uh, I think anything that just can't, came out of nowhere. Yeah, and was like, I can't the, believe this is a thing. Well, I don't know if it's I can't believe. I think one of the the most handfuly things that I just did on, on my last movie was the first time I'd ever worked with any sort of named talent, which was working with Tom Sizemore. And Ooh. you never, yeah, it was kind of, kind of a, kind of a oh. weird, interesting thing to, to jump Go off on, of, right? <laughs> yeah, it kind of. Fills I thought in we weren't going to have anything to talk about, <laughs> right? And, uh, this will be on the internet forever. Of course, <laughs> yeah. no, it was, it was fantastic. It's just there's a, there's a certain level of, uh, just experience and egos that clash when he sees somebody. You know, he's worked with the best directors of our I time. I imagine he would be a little, he, he would question how seriously everyone's taking it if. You know the DP is twenty two. Ex- kind of exactly. Yeah, I think he kind of looked around at us. At, I, I got I got impressions of points. You know, we had a, a legit production, but I got impressions of points just seeing how young the crew was. He was like, "Am I on, am I on like a student film? What's what's going on here?" You know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, he came and well, yeah, uh, that's totally fair. What's that? I yeah, think that's something that <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you a lot of uh, a, a lot of people who've been performing in films forever are starting to reconcile with across Hollywood at this point. Is everyone's doing some random project now or then? Exactly. And you know. I'll, yeah, especially I'll, I'll yeah, because there is Ryan Reynolds has been in some short film that was shot on a 5D or something. Right, like well, that. that's what I'm saying. We shot my film on DSLR cameras, so that even more, even though it was kitted out, he was probably like he was probably like, "What exactly is going on yeah. here? What have I been dropped the, into?" Because any any vestige of the studio system has long since <laughs> collapsed and collapsed to the point where really you're just. This this random guy could be 19 years old and have 10 million views on YouTube right. and yeah. have well, somebody and funding or, him. Or, or, or you could be working with David Fincher and he's holding a you know yeah. an SLR camera going, all right, let's do this. Right. Yeah, you know? exactly. Are you sure this is or a the movie? red epics, which are the size of like a DVD case, yeah. Yeah. Like a box set of Doctor Who. Freddie Wong was just on Lena the other night. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was a big thing. on Jimmy Kimmel, I think Kimmel? too. Jimmy's Kimmel. Yeah, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, they boy they you know they went there. There's 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 I follow the um there's two there's two blogs Love that I follow. That I follow online uh, that talk about the the web series industry as if that's a thing, <laughs> um, and there's there's uh, one is there's two the two that I follow are there's one called Tube Filter and there's one called um, uh, what the hell is the other one called? Uh, it's part of Gigaom. Um, I can't think of the name. New, t- new, new, new TV, um, New TV, and 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 they really are kind of the Hollywood Reporter and Variety, um, and they and they kind of break down in a certain way where where uh, New TV is the 
is the more serious, more you know, a little more scholarly, a little more sort of highbrow one, and um, and uh, and Tube Filter is a little more like Golly Gee Whiz, and uh, <laughs> you know, isn't awesome because we're so awesome, and and also has has. Um, no copy editing whatsoever because right. there's no tube filter article has ever been released without at least five spelling errors in it. So, <laughs> so it really is like, you know, <laughs> we're going to have a blog about the web series we're making. That's tube filter and giga ohms, uh, you know, is a little more professional one. Right. But, um, tube filter boy, tube filter just about wet themselves. Like we've already, they literally, the, the title of the article was something like web series have arrived because some two dudes are on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I, Let's just keep the champagne in the fridge just a little longer, yeah. It's, if it's, we can, Jimmy Kimmel's had. I saw he had a guy with a potato chip on two weeks ago. It's not exactly a, a watershed moment for the web industry. He had a guy with a snake from the zoo. <laughs> right, yeah, so it's still He's got because... an hour to do every night. He'll have anybody on tonight. We have Freddie Wong and a falconer, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the guy who played Flegel on the banana splits and Teague spinning the plates. Go for it, Teague. Lady of Spain, I adore you. I think. He was playing the intro to this segment. Yeah. Ago. Um, but at any rate, the, you know, as we were saying, it's 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 it is it is getting blurrier. There's yeah, no doubt about that. For sure, it's it's kind of still controversial because you know people are uh, the whole town wants to find out if you can make money on web series, and so yeah. far nobody's. And the answer is yeah. no. Yeah. It's really more, and it's controversial to say, but it's it's. I mean, I think it's logical to say that it's pretty much a jumping platform back to legacy media like freddie wong you know he's a yeah. web series star he's like one of the biggest web series stars for youtube and uh he's vying to get onto jimmy kimmel yeah you know so it's kind of like yeah. it's a little you know well it's right. it's it's always the battle is always to how do you get eyeballs on on new content on something that people don't have any investment in already how do you get them to invest their time and their attention and yeah and well, that's fan films, right? That, there. That's fan films. Built that's in, a, built an audience. When I was that's, when that's I was in film ways, school, yeah. I had already made uh, Andrew Stormtrooper, and I had a buddy of mine who was always making videos and putting them online. He was like, "Man, how he he would always ask me, how do you why do you have so many views? How did you do it?'" I was like, two words, man. Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> yeah. Without those two words, I'm not. You yeah. know, it's I have 12 views like everybody else. The thing that the thing that will always have the leg up is the thing that's like, you know, that stupid thing Michelle Bachman said yesterday. Here's a video about it today. You right. know, whatever whatever people are thinking about at that right. moment. The zeitgeist. Very you know, much, if yeah. you can get it online, For a while you've got there, a shot. It became alarming that SNL couldn't keep up with. All the jokes. Yes. And then it they have a whole week now, cycle. Now the Daily Show can't keep up with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Which, you know, as I tweeted the other day, it's like, when, do we get, when, do we, when are we going to start calling, you know, the three days a week, every other week show, the Daily Show, right? I mean, it's just call it the Daily Show because it's <laughs> – anyway. Do, Julian, do you happen to know off the top of your head roughly where the first Nuka Breaks view count is? Yeah. It's it's, like, uh, I think it's like 1.3 or 1.4 million, which this is, is, you know, this, by this in, is some internet well, standards is that That's the sort of thing we were just talking about where Freddie Wong is vying to get on Kimmel. Right. If a TV show, if the cheapest television show ever made got 1.7 million views on one day, it's canceled. Right. Yeah. That's it's like there's a there's a difference. It's a it's an order of magnitude difference. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a gulf yeah. there that people are trying to 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 cross to cover, and they haven't really. It's there's tough. A, there's a scale. It's an economy of yeah. scale, and I think and a magnitude is a good word for it. And that's not to disparage Freddie Wong because he's massively talented and a, and a great guy and. Uh, but yeah, there's just like there's a complete difference of standards for what is su- acceptable for success on the internet and yeah. what's ex- su- you know successful on TV or movies. The thing that's going to catch on and and you know I get to play the old guy, not just the old guy because I'm an old guy, but I get to play <laughs> I get to play the guy who's like I was doing a daily series on the internet in 2001. Y'all can blow me. Um, you know, it's like <laughs> yes, I'm a pioneer. You just never heard my name because we were slaughtered by Indians. So, but we were out there, goddammit. <laughs> Those are my bones you're camping on top of. Right? 
right there. They scalp me, you bastards. Um, you know, and, and we were talking about this in one of the in the other intermission we just we did recently about uh, you know the early days of video on the internet and how that was just a stupid thing to be doing to begin with because everything had to be the size of a postage stamp and you real, had to download it, download it for two hours just to see three minutes of you know choppy video. So we were doing it then when the you know there there really wasn't any you know it was really just let's just see what happens with this. We were doing it back then, and now there's you know there's this whole thing about web video and web video stars and you know and I made a video that in 2002 got a million views that was significant in 2002 that meant something in 2002 um you know and that's it's interesting you know because the whole youtube phenomenon has come up and again there's there's two and again tube tube filter and 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 uh, new tv both talk about this at length that there's kind of two worlds of web video there's the we're going to try and do professional quality stuff which is usually a fool's errand because you just don't have the money. You can't throw or, 50 grand. Or you're, you're going to spend the money and you're not going to make it back. And so it's only going to be a one-off. Um, but then there's the other half, which is – and I, the phrase I always use is, is folk art, where you know it's somebody who really doesn't have much more than a camera and an internet connection. But they use that to express something very personal that only they could express. And they, they – somehow that touches – you know someone else and that's why the whole culture of youtube is i love that guy because he's just you know telling me you know he's just talking to me and i you know he's like me i recognize myself and him and you know we're obviously i want to hang with that dude um whereas if you put some other video everyone will leap on and go that's fake you know it's like you're trying to you're, you're trying to put you know you're trying to portray something that's not real to oh, us right, yeah you know, trying to give me something that's not true and i want to see somebody you know i want to see a real person that i can relate to and as you said the great thing about the internet is if you put it out there thanks to youtube and they can find you, you yeah. know, and these communities that wouldn't exist because they're only virtual can can spring up. And so so, you know, people who are really successful on YouTube have found whatever their niche is and whatever their voice is and a forum in which to express it. And that's perfectly valid. And I'm, I totally support that. You know, I think that's that's a great thing. Um, and if you're 22 years old in your college dorm, you can actually even make enough money at that. To you know, support yourself at that level, at that level of life. Oh, yeah. But then there's always the mistake where the Hollywood mogul goes, "Oh, you've got two million views. How can we turn that into a hundred million dollar movie?" It's like you, you oh, well, really can't. Well, that's you a, really can't do that. That's what they've been realizing over the last you know what year now. Yeah. It was that whole reaction of what was it? Last year's Comic Con movies, the ones that they killed in the presentations, yeah. and they did great in the halls and everything, and the <clears> studios <throat> were like, yes, look at this! These are these nerd properties, they have these built-in audiences, we're gonna do awesome! We're and gonna make what was, billions of that dollars! That was, was Sucker Punch and Scott yes. Pilgrim. Sucker Punch and Scott Pilgrim. Because we all know, thanks to the internet, the two biggest movies of the past decade were, of course... Serenity and Snakes on a Train. Oh, of course. Uh, well, because I mean, you could not get more internet buzz than those two movies. Between, between the big movies and the, what is it, uh, Bleep Your Dad Said uh, series yeah. based on the Twitter. I mean, we're, oh, we're seeing some but real... That yeah, came it was. so quick after the Geico TV show that yeah. I almost died. And oh, the, movie, uh, the movie Fred, which they, you know... Fred! Which is like, uh, you know, it's like, exactly. Uh, it's like, and here's where you all get to play the old man card because it's like, you would love Fred if you were 12. If you well, were 12, I Fred tried, would be the well, shit. I watched that movie. I, it was on Netflix. Yeah. I was like... All right, Fred. You actually checked it out. Stick it Let's in see me. See what you have. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I made it about, Wait, can we quote that? I, yeah. I made it about, and I was, I, I, I put on all my filters. I said, okay, this is children's programming yeah. uh, for the YouTube generation, mm-hmm. which means this is a film for spazzes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, people to whom you, to people the, to whom appear to you to have a short attention span. And I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you're all going to think, uh, Tig's about to say it was the worst thing he's ever seen. And the movie was actually about four times as good as I thought it would be. 
I made it twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah. It, it was it was annoying and all those things. But there was there the performance as annoying and affected as it is was working, and and you could see right. that they had brought something from the web to the film. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm curious about is how much of the prospect of going from a web project to a real project. What's what's the difference between coming to a web project having done film shit before, or coming to a film having done web shit? Like I, I would assume it would be easier to do web stuff coming from film, but then there's also things that you will not have on a web project. Right. Budget, the only thing you're going to bring with schedule, you from film is, is the eye and the, and the thought process and, and knowing how to problem solve. When there's you know, on a film set, fifty people in your apartment too who want to go do something else at the end of the day. Right. I would say the the most benefit I mean from a personal standpoint, I you know, I direct I was one of the key directors on Backyard Effects on Indie Mogul, which was like one of the I've heard of that. One of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys canceled it because you suck. Well, <laughs> you know, they uh, they because ended the you're show. Gay like Hitler. Well, first geez, I heard gay. that on YouTube. Stick it in fatigue. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put all my filters on. <laughs> all right. Um, but no, it's I think one of the benefits is that I mean, coming from, you know, coming from web to excuse me going from doing web projects or fan films or whatever they might be short film projects and going to features you know you have such a low budget mentality that you're able to pull blood from a stone when it comes to shooting stuff you're able to you know turn your your short days into you know you, know, you get all the shots you need because you have to when you're doing web and stuff and you don't you, stop until you do you don't yeah, you, can't. you hit 12 hours oh well we'll pay for an hour of our time and then we'll call it you know we'll yeah call it we have to keep no, moving and we have to think of how shots. we can economically shoot this and yeah. then, you know you know and you think with a visual effects mind where you know, you can pull tricks out that you can't afford because of the budget or whatever. So, uh, but yeah, on the other side, there's a limitation where you know, you, when you shoot web stuff after having shot a feature and being like, yeah, we have a full support crew, we have a full grip and electric team. You know, you're holding a clamp light in uh, in North Hollywood <laughs> condo. <Yeah. laughs> you're like, you're, where, oh. you're like, what am I doing here exactly? You're, you're coloring a light with an IKEA bag. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're bouncing yeah. it off of a blue bowl. So. Yeah. I got yeah. some green tissue paper that my mom sent me a birthday gift. Exactly. Uh, bring me that. I mean, there. That's Let's good. not get sophisticated. Don't let here. that set up. <laughs> Don't, just doesn't I don't, it on I don't fire. know what big budget web stuff you yeah. well, well, we had some pretty serious budgets, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Well, it's a very do-it-yourself kind of mentality, which, right. they, I mean, coming from the fan film world, we all know very well. It's like, yep. well, we just – because from the fan film world, I know, you know, starting out, I was like, I I was not a professional anyway. I was not in a filmmaking community in any way other than it was my friends who all knew exactly as much as I did, which is to say nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, we have – let's here's a camera. And let's let's go. We'll and, figure it and out. We'll figure it out. And yeah. it's literally figuring out every step of the process from lighting to, to filming to editing to all of the post stuff. You're just, you know, it, you're you're figuring out every step of the way very painfully and very slowly. Yeah. In a lot of the well, way. It, it's it's that it, it's that cliche of you don't know what you can't do, so you're just going ahead and saying, well. This yeah. should work. Th- yeah. We'll, yeah. We obviously don't know the correct way to do it, so let's try this way. And you right. end up with something that actually works. And it's perfectly fine and acceptable to, you know, I mean, that's a required part of, of doing anything and getting anything done. It's just that now we live in a world where we're all expected to look at it. Like, I made a thing. <laughs> I made a thing, and it's accessible worldwide, so why don't you look at it? Because it stinks. You Accessible to, forever, by the way. You need to make about 50 of those, and then there'll be one Because I'm mortal. I'm going to die someday. Extremely controversial uh, opinion about the uh, – there was two Portal viral videos a couple weeks ago. One was a uh, – Yeah, that was a big a, buzz. A proposal. And the other was a Portal short film, right? Yeah, it was great. Uh, and my controversial view was – this sucked for three minutes, and then it was cool for 30 seconds, and then it was over. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Everything after the movie started, we'll say, uh, <laughs> was fucking amazing. It was really great. Yeah. yeah. But three minutes of her in a room, sets you, it's, 
if if you psych me up for Portal, that doesn't work. If you say this is a really cool dark sci-fi sort of bleak web series, you watch it. And right. if she's in a room, I'm I'm like, all right, fucking this is cool. And if you told me that, and then Portal came out of it. I might have had a negative response, but it would have been much less, and I would have been like, oh, it's what? Portal. hey, guys, it's Portal. But, you know. It, it, well, that's that's the fan film thing, too, is that, you know, you, you hear, hey, Star Wars fan film, or hey, mm-hmm. you know, with us it was Fallout fan film, which not, you know, one hadn't been done. And so, you know, I'm. it's easy to say we could have, yeah, we could have gone out and shot, uh, you know, formula post-apocalyptic thing where you know guys and leathers and you know mad max so many thing. of those and i'm about to work on another right well i'm <laughs> saying you could have shot that but it's like you we wouldn't have had 1.3 million views you slap fallout on it use some yeah. of the the props and stuff and kind of the similar tone and everything which is what we did and next thing you know we're on tube filter where we're, we're uh, they were just at penny arcade expo yeah. and just did a big panel on that you know all because it was a fan film based in that world so Portal, like you know, you said if it if you pitched it as a dark sci-fi film, that that short film that you saw, uh, which if I you dug. didn't tell me it was Portal, I would have been like, she's in a room, what's going right, on? Right, you'd be like, I might check it out, but if, the fact that it's Portal, a short film, I'm like, okay, let's go. If you say it's Portal, and then she sits it's in a five room million for views. <laughs> you know? Yeah, where's the fucking like Portal? Said, that's yeah. like it's controversial because it's far and away by proportion the wrong opinion. <laughs> but, but it's a double-edged sword of, I mean, you have that built-in fan base, but it's a built-in fan base with some really specific expectations yeah. of what yeah. they're going you better, to see. You better nail it. I have a, I yeah. have a co-worker at work who's working on his own uh, thematically, you know, it's based on a property, and I'm not going to say because he's working on it, and I don't, don't want to... Yes, <laughs> no. My pretty it's that whole internet thing. Um <laughs> But he's got, I think, a cool concept, but it's that thing where he's basing it around a concept that is out there, and it could work really well, or you could run into the issue where you have people who really are fans of it who go, yeah, but that's not what I was envisioning in my head. And so that's always that, that toss-up. So you have to throw it out there, I think, and just hope that enough of enough percentage of those people love it. And you go from there, and you know maybe you make tweaks further on. But I mean, you gotta go with this is my vision based on it, right. and just go forward. Otherwise, you're second guessing yourself the entire way through, right. and there's no enthusiasm behind it. Trey, did you have any feelings of having dodged a bullet doing arc <laughs> after being the Pink Five guy in terms of expectations? Just being like, oh, I have no idea what this is gonna be. Let's go. As opposed to that was not as funny as Pink Five. <laughs> You're all the lamest people. <laughs> I, did you avoid that, or was it just the exact same thing? I, I don't know if there's a lot of crossover of awareness of uh, you know of you know being the Pink Five guy well, versus being you, where was it like? I'm assuming well, it's a massively different thing. Where on one end it's for the people who care about Pink Five, they know he was the Pink Five guy. And they yeah. have expectations based on Pink right. Five. Whereas Ark just. No one knew that was coming, and then it was there. There, is, really... there is a Trey Stokes fan base. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there is. As yeah. odd as it may There's seem. There's about three of them me. left now, right now, because <laughs> I, I still haven't uh, released. Uh, I'm still waiting for my membership card. Still <laughs> haven't released the uh, the last chapter of Pink Five, but I'm still trying to get that done. But um, <clears throat> and doing things like Arc is what you know <clears throat> what is helping to make it more plausible that we'll be able to get the last chapter of Pink Five out there, which I really want to do. Um, it w- it was it was actually for me it was more scary. Because it's like, here's a thing that has no built-in anything. I mean, the, the only hook we had, and it happened by accident, it wasn't a plan, was the fact that we had a, a recognizable television actress in it. You know, so it's like, that was, and that too was also scary, because we, we went into, you know, when we started doing ARC, uh, the producer specifically said, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do the stupid thing and put names in this, because then we'll have too high an expectation. And then... <laughs> 
And then I said, hey, you know, uh, Renee O'Connor, the chick from Xena, said she wanted to come and meet with us. And he was like, oh, awesome. Let's have her come in. I'm like, but no, but no, we're not doing that. <laughs> but we're not doing that because everybody said, said names were bad. Yeah, you said we're not going to do it. Uh, but then she came in and she was like so awesome. And she was like, you know, as I told her at the time and as I've said, you know, she's she was exactly who I would cast. It's like it sucks that you're famous yeah. because otherwise you would be perfect. So, OK, let's take a shot at it because – I'm scared of the fact that you're famous because that's going to put this in a whole other ballpark now. Um, so, so yeah, I was, I was, I was more concerned about Ark. It wasn't a relief that uh, you know, it certainly wasn't a relief that's like we didn't have a built-in you know, oh Star Wars because Star Wars gives you that leg up. It's like yeah. all I have to do now is not blow it. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like you know, Ark is so many people do. Ark oh, is like oh, yeah. you know, I've got to do this. It's a whole new thing, and it's you know, I've got to introduce this whole world, and it's you know, it has no preconceived anything to it, and and you know, I had no idea, no idea how it was going to be received. Brian, gas prices. Gas prices, huh? <laughs> like three eighty five on the cheap end here <laughs> nuts. right now. It's totally nuts. nuts. They went up it's like insane. three and a half cents in a day. I was kidding. Uh, Although gas by my by, by my work in Hollywood is four fifty. Or it was oh, on Friday. Yeah. Ooh, snap. Wow. Four fifty. Yeah. Well four fifty. Wh- what is this? Europe? <laughs> and how about that airline food? Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They don't serve it anymore because they're <laughs> yeah, saving right. money. Actually, when I I, uh, I I went to China and I I was over there shooting a, a music tour, every, we took we took like thirteen flights, and every single flight, whether it was an hour or as it was thirty minutes, you got a meal every single flight. Was it a Chinese <laughs> airline? Chinese airlines, wow. but wow. Chinese air. And the but an hour later, you hungry want, again. An hour later, you want to take another flight. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were always hungry well, before the you landed. The were young and beautiful. It's like stepping into like nineteen sixties <coughs> nice. airline culture nice. in China. I was blown Everyone away. Everyone was a spy. Yes, <laughs> everybody's smoking on the plane. They had like you know? the big Pan Am hats right. on, you know, and they're walking on Velcro ceilings. Dark really... guns. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone had dark guns. They're eating their carrot paste and their broccoli paste. Potato. Those are the days. Those Eat are totally the days. Capsule, Julian, would you have any interest in going back to uh, another uh, franchise adaptation or fan you, film? Well, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. To me, the fun thing about you it just is did your second feature, original feature, third, right? third, third. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> just now during the podcast, <laughs> yeah, just I just did it. No, we, um, we just actually to, to be perfectly honest, I, I was I was very opposed. This is kind of. Dichotomy, because when I was, you know, on the Force Senate forums as well, you know, I was kind of a fan film fan. And actually, one of the first things I did before I moved out to L.A. with my friend Vince Talenti, who is currently the director on the the Fallout web series that they're shooting right now. They're shooting as a web series. Uh, We shot a Matrix fan film together called Matrix Harbinger, and it was awful. (laughs) uh, Is it on the internet? Do we have to watch it? uh, No, I think it's forever lost, actually. I think it might have been destroyed (laughs) on a hard drive. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You lucky, lucky bastard. You can still find my teddy bear fan film online. Somebody killed it with a fire. um, I like the teddy bear fan. It's not a fan film. To to answer your question, I dig fan films, and I dig the fact that the built-in audience thing is cool, because in this day and age it kind of helps build a fan base get your name out there you know with backyard effects i kind of have a little bit of you know a, a name there and then with fallout a little bit and then i might do you know i might do one more it'd be kind of cool just to kind of keep that publicity going and say hey i've done this but check out my original stuff or check yeah. out these other projects i have in mind and it you know it just sort of builds that up i tell you my personal my personal wish uh, my little dream thing is is um i'd like to i'd like to make the jump to making professional fan films um, that's what hollywood's and, well, doing well, battleship that, well that's the, well that's the thing well for me it's it i, I would i would characterize it a little differently i mean i'm i'm currently 
you know, writing a writing a script for a a real studio, and uh, you know, we had to write a real script for a real studio and join the real union and all that kind of sure. stuff. And I'm I'm attached to direct. It's not you know, it has to be green lit, and you know, thousands of steps before that'll ever happen. But wow, congrats! You know, thanks. But if I get to that zone, um, because of the kind of conversations that we're already having, it's like, in a sense, it's like I, I it's possible that I could you know end up having a meeting where you know someone could go. We think it's time to remake Buckaroo Banzai. And I'll go, I would totally remake Buckaroo Banzai. With your money, I make a fan film of Buckaroo Banzai. I get to make I'm in. Let's do that. So, you know, it's like there was a company that was uh, that's supposed to be, you know, we have all these properties and they had these like old films and things like that. And they said, we have all these old properties. We're going to collate a list of, you know, properties that we just own that yeah. can be remade yeah. because that's what everyone wants to do. No one wants to, no one wants original. They want it based yeah. on something that, you know, even if it is literally the game of Battleship or the game of Monopoly or a Ouija board. They will do Some, anything possible to avoid having yeah. to fund an original Something idea. tangible. I, I just refuse so, to call them remakes anymore. It's just Hollywood yeah. has moved into their fan film stage yeah. where they're just making films. Fan films or really bad ones, most of them, mm -hmm. of stuff that's already been around. But and I would nobody be, asked for. But it. I would happily take money to do that. So I'm, I'm just, I, I, have, I do hope that do this, it. If this company, well, yeah, first they have to offer. I mean, obviously, that's, <laughs> but this company is supposed to like give us like they, they name like, hey, we have rights to this movie, and I was like, ooh, near miss. You know, I was like, ooh, if you, I mean, if you wanted to pay me to do a remake of that movie, yeah, I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. But uh, what else you got? Right. So I'm like waiting Buck for Rogers. that. I'm waiting for that list because sort of like, you know, I'm hoping it'd be like, you know, going to a garage sale and like finding a cardboard box, like <laughs> original Beatles album in the original vinyl. What? <laughs> right, exactly. I'm kind of interested in Find this the one. one. Property that rocks. Yeah, exactly. Just, I'm like, yeah. are you kidding me? You own the rights to? I would love to. Let's do that. Absolutely. So, you know, that's that would be. I think that would be. That would, then it would. Then finally, the circle would be complete if we could. If that so could happen. So then, what's the next step? I mean, this is kind of a broad question to bounce it back to you, Teague. What do you think the next step is after this fan film stage of Hollywood's over when they've pumped in mind the P <laughs> Mr. Potato Head movie or whatever the heck they're going to come out with next? And then they're like, "Well, we've literally we just finished the Scrabble feature. What are we doing next?" <laughs> What do, you th what do you think the next phase is? It's going to be like a huge whiplash back where it's like we have to go to you know black and white clowns under a table crying, <laughs> yeah, making a Friday. Trey, Trey and I were actually talking about this at uh, Comic-Con. We were having this exact conversation. Yeah. Okay, after Battleship, where do you go? <laughs> when you do Monopoly, what comes after Monopoly? Well, yeah. we cycled and through the disaster movies already. Yeah, well, my, my thinking, and, and partially, it's, partially it's a hope, is that they'll go back to the public domain stuff, which they've already done a little bit with Sherlock oh, yeah. Holmes. And they're doing the second Sherlock Holmes. I'm hoping that you know in their in their continuing efforts to make as much money as possible, make these movies for as cheaply as possible, they will actually go the asylum route even more so <laughs> and go for the public domain stuff. Nice. What Maybe I, I hope. What, I hope. You know, I don't. Pulp, I, uh, serials. Or yeah, you know, yeah. Shakespeare. I mean. Yeah. E even if it's, well, they're still mining Shakespeare all the time. Even, even if it's like you know modernized Shakespeare, it's yeah. not the actual language. Even just base your stories on Shakespeare, we would be doing better. I, I don't want to put this on a flagpole and say I think this is what's going to happen what I'd like to see happen and I'll go so far as to say I'll bet you it's going to happen I'll bet you one of these across across Hollywood every company's taking a gamble on every person that's ever done anything on the internet right one of them's going to work yeah and they're going to do that yep. they're going to do a lot of paranormal activity sized things and see what happens next and give Freddie Wong and Chad Peter and Trey Stokes and Julian Higgins five million dollars go and yes, see what please. happens because they could do mm -hmm. they could do literally 20 of those for a medium-sized movie. For the yeah. price of a medium-sized movie. Well, check this out. Paramount uh, currently has a program called, I think it's Paramount Vantage. <laughs> Have you I, heard about I believe no, Brian no, might know a little something about that. Yes, I actually, oh, do I you? actually worked on one of, the, one of these The uh, first features. one that they the actually first one that went into production. Went into production. Well, it was like a yeah. million dollars, and each one had like a $100,000 uh, budget or something like yeah, that. Yeah, each right? film is $100,000, and it's, uh, what's the name? In 
in something <laughs> is the name of their little mini studio. Okay. Um, but yeah, each budget, uh, on paper at least, is $100,000. And then it's like they fund 10 of those in a year. And hopefully one of them hits and makes more than a million dollars at the box. studio, that's like the catering yeah. budget for one day on Mission yeah. Impossible. Yeah, yeah. lose like, that behind like the couch. Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, a million dollars. Which yeah, is fun. You could make open water. You could make buried for a million dollars. You could even, or for a hundred thousand dollars. You could. Paranormal activity. Th- Blair Witch Project. At this point, uh, fucking monsters. I mean, at this yeah. point in history, you could, if you, if you had funny friends or could find funny people that were unknowns, yeah. you could make Ghostbusters for $100,000. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's a script and people being funny and, and some effects. Yeah. Well, look, some at, basic effects. look at Swingers. Swingers, we sh- we could shoot this on my cell phone right now. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it, it, you know, it's brilliant, just a great script with good actors, all shot here in LA. You know, it's just, and it launched, I mean, John Favreau directed Iron Man. So it's yeah, like, it's just back. amazing to th- see where they come from. I have to say that, you know, I, I, when I, the studio that, uh, you know, hired me to, to write a real script for them, um, you know, I, I literally took that meeting on a break from post-production of 2010 Moby Dick. And I said, you know, I just did this asylum film, you know. And they were like, oh, really? What's that? What was that like? And I was like, oh, well, you know, it was like, we had a quarter million dollar production budget and we shot the whole thing in two weeks. And they were they were blown away. They were like, <laughs> you shot a feature in two weeks? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, doesn't everyone? <laughs> How long do you take? Mine was 17 you, days. Yeah, would exactly. You give me it was like more? two weeks. So they, they were really, like, fascinated. They were like, you shot you – shot a feature's worth of material. In, was in, there sound? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that it, did they have color with it, or so that actually was you know that fed into part of their interest. Was I said, yeah, I'm a visual effects guy. Here are the movies I've made on my own. I can do effects like this, and all my friends are effects artists, and we want to work on something fun. And and that was to them part of it. Like so, you know, the the idea, and it's the idea that we're following now is like we're proposing to them a feature which reads on the page like a pretty, you know, if you took it to a major, major studio, they would go, oh, how much is this, $90 million? And we're like, not so much. Right. And that's that's the pitch. And that's the, that's, that's right the angle we're going in on right now. It's not real hard to get on YouTube and find Fallout Nuka Break, and you can find ARC still on Hulu, right? Is it still there? ARC is still on Hulu, yes. Yeah, you can find Trey's web series and Julian's web series. and Oh, um, my new stuff. feature, Through the Eye, has a trailer, Through the Eye theatrical trailer, if you go to YouTube. Sounds pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I heard you had a good intro sequence on that. Uh, I think it was made by the ever delicious T. Christie. Ah, anyway. I like the use of delicious. Delicious, yes. <laughs> Adjectives time, are my favorite. This has been the intermission. My name is T. Christie. Brian Finifter. Seth Brower. Julian Higgins. Chase Dogs. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. 2953. Hey. Hey-yo. Oh, Bang. Look at Bang. that. Under the bar. Nailed it.